I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Happy 2020. All right. It's a new year, and we have some exciting things planned for this year. Uh, Man, what a great Christmas season we had here at Spring Branch. How many of you were here for Christmas? We had an awesome time together. Almost 3,000 people came through the doors and experienced the love of Jesus and celebrated his birth together. That was amazing. Let's give it up for that. Numbers numbers aren't everything, but there's something. God wrote a book called Numbers, so we'll care about numbers because every number represents a heart, a soul, a person, right? We had almost 30 people raise their hands to receive Jesus for the first time in their lives. Let's celebrate that. We had, a, we had a kid's choir. I wore a suit. That was amazing. So come back next Christmas if you missed that uh, suit part. But uh, it was an awesome time together. Bennett Strickland last week preached a great message. We're starting a series on prayer today. For the next four weeks, we'll be exploring Paul's letters and how he prayed uh, to various churches uh, that they would be strengthened with power, that they'd be active in their faith. And I'm convinced that as we start this year off with the heart of prayer, that God's going to honor it. He's going to bless our church in ways that we just can't imagine. And I'm just excited to see what he's going to do. Like Lindsay said, we're, we're going to be doing 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer starts today. And you can receive a, a prayer focus sheet on the way out. There'll be gatherings here at church, uh, with the exception of Saturdays. Sundays are, you know, we're gathering anyway. But Monday through Friday, we'll be gathering at the church if you can come. The schedule's on there. If you can't come, uh, we'll have a presence on Instagram and Facebook on the stories part of those social media outlets. If you don't know what that is, ask somebody younger than you. Um, we'll be doing that. Um, also, go out in the lobby, as Lindsay said, pray for somebody, a uh, middle school student, high school student. If you haven't noticed, we're serious about committing this year to prayer. Before we do anything, before we make any changes or make any plans, we want to submit our church in this new season to the Lord, to prayer, right? That God would honor our, our, our commitment to him and just excited to see what he's going to do. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are and what you're gonna do in us and through us this year, 2020. Give us vision. Give us a clear vision for the future of our church. Thank you that you're already gone, you're already gone ahead of us, preparing the way, and we're just humbled to be a part of what you're doing. I pray all this in your name, amen. How many of you would admit um, that you don't pray as often as you should? Come on, let's be honest. I, I admit that, the pastor. Uh, but you believe in the power of prayer, Right? We, we, we believe that, that prayer is powerful, that, that God hears our prayers and he answers our prayers, yet we raise our hand and we admit that we don't pray as often as we should. Why is that? Well, sometimes we get bored praying. Uh, sometimes there's something more exciting to watch on TV or to look at on our phone, right? Uh, sometimes we get distracted. Squirrel, airplane, right? Um, sometimes we get sleepy. I was praying for a buddy of mine a couple years ago and I was just pouring out my heart. I was praying this big, specific prayer, and there was power and passion in it. And I say, amen. And he's just like, he's just sitting there like this. 
And all of a sudden, he, he kind of came to. And he's like, oh, I was just praying. I was just thinking about how big God is and how much he loves me. He's like wiping his eyes, you know. I'm like, you, you were sleeping. You had a spiritual slumber there, didn't you? And he's like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Sometimes we get sleepy. What better way to fall asleep than to be praying, right? To be thinking about God. That's my excuse, at least. Um, you know, a couple years ago, I was sitting in a small group, holding hands with some people, and on one side, somebody was cutting off the circulation in my hand. They were squeezing so hard. Their voice got louder, and they squeezed even louder. It was crazy. The other side, somebody had a dead fish hand. Ever had a dead fish hand? Like, is there any life in that hand? Any life in that body? Um, one, one guy was praying these, like, big, elaborate theological prayers, quoting scripture in his, in his prayers. I'm, like, kind of intimidated. You get that sense of competition sometimes, praying, anybody honest about that? Um, and at times, we all can feel inadequate in our prayer life, right? How do we pray? And when do we pray? And what kind of words to use? And I just want you to know that, that, that God just wants our hearts, right? He just wants our hearts. He, simply put, prayer is just help me. God, help me. And he answers prayers in his own way, in his own time, but more often than not, he's working on us, right? He's working on our own hearts. And we walk away with a better perspective and a humble heart, just trusting in him. And you know, I think the problem is our prayers too often are small. And they're really general. They're very broad. God wants us to pray powerful, passionate, purposeful prayers. And our goal the next four weeks is to is to allow God to work in our hearts in such a way that we start praying powerful prayers, purposeful prayers, passionate prayers, faith-filled prayers, believing that God can do the impossible. So often we undercut God's power. God's waiting for us to come to him boldly and say, God, move mountains, do something supernatural, do something miraculous in my life. Yeah, we just, you know, God, could you uh, just be with me today and, you know, keep my kids safe and, you know, help me to stop arguing with my wife. Those are all great prayers. Don't get me wrong. God wants us to think bigger, pray bigger prayers, more specific prayers. He's big enough, he's strong enough to shoulder those prayers, I'm pretty sure. So I'm excited to see how God's going to work in our hearts over the next few weeks and, and just challenge us to pray prayers with power and passion and purpose. Martin Luther, in, in the 1500s, anybody heard of Martin Luther? He was a, a famous reformer, led the Reformation years ago. He had a friend named Frederick Myconius, quite a name. Um, Frederick, his, it was his friend, his assistant, his close partner in ministry, and Frederick had gotten really ill, and he couldn't talk anymore. He was on his deathbed. He had days left on this earth, and Frederick wrote Martin a letter, pretty much saying, love you, Martin, see you in heaven. But Martin Luther was having nothing of it. And so he prayed a powerful prayer to God. Listen to this. I command you, in the name of God, to live. He's actually praying, praying this to his friend. But God's hearing it. I command you to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead. Wow. But will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. God heard his prayer. This 
powerful, bold prayer. And his friend Frederick ended up outliving Martin. Years later, and Frederick outlived him by a few months. Just amazing, this prayer. Do we pray those kind of prayers? Do we pray that God can do the impossible? You know, the apostle Paul was formerly the murderer Saul. Remember that guy? Saul was breathing out murderous threats, and he was traveling all around uh, the the. The, the country, and he was killing Christians because he, he, he didn't think that Jesus was God, and he was just convinced that his mission in life was to, to persecute these Christians. But one day he was on the road to Damascus, and God revealed himself to Saul, and Saul just had this transformation, and he discovered the, the deep, wide, high love of Jesus. And for the rest of his life, Paul, now Paul, committed his, his life, his mission was to, was to preach the good news and share the gospel. And so Paul, even in prison, was writing these letters, these epistles, that's a fancy word for letters, these epistles to all these churches. He wrote 13 letters. And one of those letters is to the church of Ephesus, and that's where we'll be focusing today, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. Over the next few weeks, we'll be talking about uh, some of these letters that Paul Let's read it together. Verse 14, chapter 3 in Ephesians. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Some of you pray standing up. In fact, a lot of the Jewish tradition is to pray with with your palms up facing heaven. Maybe you pray lying down. Maybe that's why you fall asleep when you're praying. Uh, Maybe you pray driving your car. That's why Jesus says, watch and pray, okay? (laughs) Don't close your eyes and pray while you're driving. Um, You can pray in different postures, right? Paul is talking about kneeling, kneeling. I had this poster up in my room growing up. It said, pray hard on it. It was a picture of somebody's jeans with holes in them. The image is always stuck in my mind. You're praying so hard on your knees that you ended up getting holes in your your pants. Every Sunday morning, I get on my knees in my office and pray for you by name. Some of you I pray by name. I pray for you at Spring Branch. I pray that God would give me the words to say that he'd fill me with his Holy Spirit. I can't do this on my own. And when I think about this new season of our church, I think about this enormous leadership responsibility and I get a little overwhelmed. It's a big, big, big burden to carry. But when I get on my knees and pray, I say, God, I am weak. You are strong. Your grace is sufficient. It's a posture of humility, a posture of meekness. God, I can't do this on my own. It's showing God I am committed. I am sacrificing everything for you, and I need you. That's what Paul is saying here. He says, says, pray with such such passion and, and such humility that it just drives you to your knees because You are weak and God is strong. And in verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, let's stop right there. God is filthy rich. I don't know if you checked his bank account, but he is is affluent. He is wealthy. And he's given us an all access pass to everything he owns. As believers, we have an inheritance in him. 
Now, what's that mean, Heath? It means all of his joy, all of his love, all of his peace, all of his grace, all of who he is, his power, his presence is available to us. We don't have to make an appointment. We don't have to wait in line. He's personal and he's right there with us waiting to give us all that he has. He says, all that I have is yours. When you receive Christ, you receive all that he has. We pray, we ask God for material things. Sometimes God blesses you, provides you with material things. That's great. But more often than not, he provides us with perspective. He provides us with with things that will not rust, things that will last forever. All that he has is ours. We serve an infinitely rich, heavenly father. Yet, we live like spiritually impoverished children. And we look like my daughter when I drop her off at school and I'm in charge of getting her ready. <laughs> no lie, a couple of weeks ago, Lindsay had to work and I'm responsible to get my daughter Lila and Isley ready for school. And, and I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. Hey, here's a nice, crisp, clean shirt to wear, a little bow in your hair. Uh, here's a bagel, have something to eat. And, uh, but I ended up just picking my battles and just saying, all right, let's get you to school on time. Let's just be physically present for school. Any parents relate to that? So I'm dropping her off at school, and she's got like, uh, I think she had her pajama shirt on still. Her hair was all disheveled. I think she had like some jelly on her shirt, maybe some dirt on her face. And it's like, whatever. But she looked like she was impoverished. She looked like she had been uh, uh, ignored uh, by anybody, uh, uh, like a parent. But uh, I tried hard. I tried hard as a father to give her what she needed. I joke, but sometimes we just give God the stiff arm and we say, God, I got this. I'm good. I don't need anything you have to offer me. And we walk around spiritually impoverished, but we serve an infinitely rich heavenly father who wants to give us all that he has. All that he has is available to us. If we just come to him in humility and in prayer and ask him, it says in James We don't have because we don't ask. (laughs) If we get to heaven someday, God's gonna say, hey, I was ready to give you all kinds of stuff. But yet, you didn't ask. You didn't come to me with power and passion and purpose. I pray that I have his glorious riches. Verse 16, that he may strengthen you with power. Everybody say power. Through his spirit in your inner being, so that... Each and and every one of these prayers that we're going to be talking about the next four weeks, Paul says, I pray this, fill in the blank, so that, fill in the blank. It's these specific, uh, big, passionate prayers that he prays for you and for me. And so we see that that he's he's praying for us to be strengthened with power. What is this word power? This power word is in the Greek, dunamis. Dunamis comes from the word dynamite. It's this explosive, dynamite, miraculous power that only is available through God. God created this world with power. He created you and I with power. He lived a sinless life through Christ with 
power, power to overcome temptation, power to heal, power uh, to, to have peace in the midst of, of trial, power to forgive somebody. How many of us need that power, that dunamis, explosive, miraculous power? Yet every day we choose to live on our own power, to, li to live on our own ability. We think that we are sufficient. We're charging into this new year with resolutions and making goals, and we should do that. Absolutely. But don't take another step without the power of God in your life. I was on my way up to Wisconsin. I can't say that without, without saying Wisconsin, for goodness sakes. Wisconsin, soda, don't you know? Yeah, they're hey, Wisconsin. Uh, on our way up to, to Wisconsin to see Lindsay's family, and we stopped in Ohio halfway at my parents' house, and um, Lindsay and I found ourselves sleeping on this mattress, and let me tell you, it was as hard as a rock. I felt like I was sleeping on a parking lot, and uh, Lindsay's like, well, it, it's a Tempur-Pedic mattress. There should be a little button, you know, to push to soften it up a bit, and so I'm pushing the button, pushing the button. It's still rock solid, and and I'm like tossing and turning all night, wake up like this, like my cheek is attached to my shoulder. I was like, what happened? We got like another seven hours to drive to Wisconsin. It was crazy. And I was like, mom, dad, what kind of mattress is up there? They're like, oh, it's Tempur-Pedic. All you gotta do is push a button. I tried. And my mom's like, oh, I probably unplugged it when I was vacuuming. <laughs> oh, that explains it. Thanks for letting me know. All we got to do is plug into the power of God in our lives. There's this untapped power that we're missing out on. May we not live another day unplugged from the power of God, this dunamis, explosive power of God in our lives. As a staff, as a family ministry, and as a whole Spring Branch staff, we're selecting one word to pray for for the year. Maybe it's gratitude, maybe it's patience, maybe it's power, maybe it's love. And together as a staff, maybe you as a family could select one word together to pray for. Let's enter into this year praying with passion and purpose and power. Verse 17, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, there's that word again, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Paul gets all childlike here. I love it. He's like, I really can't describe it. It's just this big. It's wide. It's deep. It's long. See, what we can try to understand how big and wide and deep God's love is for us, but it's really, it's not naturally understood. It's supernaturally revealed. Are you with me? Keep reading the Bible and Keep asking others and observe others who have this love inside of them. Keep learning about how big God's love is for you. But God's got to do a work in you. He's got to supernaturally reveal his love for you. It's unexplainable. It's indescribable. I mean, how many of you have just, you've experienced a kind of a love from somebody else, maybe a friend or a spouse. You've experienced a kind of a love. It's just hard to explain, Right? It's indescribable. You just, you just know it's real. How much more do we experience that kind of love from God, our Heavenly Father? 
It's unfailing, it's relentless, it's never stopping, it's never giving up, it's an always and forever kind of love. And Paul is praying that we would be deeply rooted and established in this love. In verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's my prayer for us as a church in this new year is that we'd be filled to the brim, to overflowing with the love of Jesus. I'm not doing my job. If I get up here every week and, and I fail to talk about the love of Jesus, now, I consider that my highest responsibility is to, is to tell you, to try to explain to you how much God loves you because when you grasp that, when you grasp how much God loves you, it changes everything. It changes how you pray, by the way. When you experience God's love for you, you start praying bigger prayers. Did you know that? When God's power starts working in you, when you experience more and more of his love, you start praying bigger prayers, bolder prayers. None of these general small prayers anymore. God's love starts transforming you and you start praying boldly to God. There's a guy named Charles Finney. He's an old school guy hundreds of years ago. He was a, 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 one of the guys that started a revival in this country, I believe so. And he, he said this about his experience. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity. I love that. Going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. Changed hearts equal changed prayers. Changed hearts equals changed prayers. Has your heart been changed by the love of God in your life? May we go from here this week, this month, this year, this decade with our hearts on fire for God. May we pray bold, courageous prayers. God is waiting. He's waiting for us to tap into his power. Pray for your kids, pray for your spouse, pray for your friends, your coworkers, your parents. Pray this prayer, Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, there's that word again, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. May that be our battle cry in our families and in our church community this year, 2020. Remember, when we start experiencing God's big love, we'll start praying big prayers. Because guess what? You might be one prayer away from changing the course of your destiny. Just want to challenge you these next seven days. Pray this prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians. Put your wife's name in it, your husband's name, your friend's name, your coworker's name. Put a, a, somebody's name in this prayer that Paul prayed and just see what God does. See how he answers those prayers.
You know, when Rhett was growing up, he's still growing up, he's 11 now, but I remember um, just getting in bed with him when he was, when he was little, and, and um, there's, this, there's this verse in Chronicles, and it says, it says this, may the Lord bless you and keep you. I would actually sing it. I considered singing it today, but I'll spare you of that. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And that was a prayer we prayed every night to Red. We could have prayed, uh, you know, God, be with Red and bless him, keep him safe and um, help, him, help, him, help him to keep his room clean, you know. But we started praying this prayer and we started to see how God was, was answering it, how God was blessing that prayer. And we, we see it even today in his life. And just pray. Pray believing that God hears your prayer and he will answer it. Maybe not the way we want, the timing that we want, but we're trusting that God, as our Heavenly Father, knows what's best, and we are tapping into his power and his glorious riches. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for who you are, and I thank you that um, 2,000 years ago, you laid down your life for us on the cross. I thank you that uh, we have an opportunity now in this place, in this moment, to uh, remember that. Through this bread, maybe remember that your body was broken on the cross. And through this cup, may we remember that your blood was shed for us. That because of the cross, we have forgiveness. We have grace. And your love can dwell within us. Thank you that we are not defined by what we do. We are defined by who you are and your love for us. May we be rooted and established in that love. So God, as we take this bread and this cup, may we receive your powerful presence in our lives. And may 2020 be different because of who you are in us. In Jesus' name, amen. You'll see tables up front and to your left and right. Uh, as you feel led by the Spirit, receive the elements and we'll all come back together and take the cup and bread together. I heard and broken thin Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling.